0: What up all you pro-gun bullies and Magnum pack and Patriots? This is the Tap Rack Bang Show. I'm Ryan Frazier, riding shotgun as always. With me is the tactical tackle, Tyler Witzke. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. We invite everyone viewing to go ahead and hit that like button and be sure to subscribe. Every subscribe button hit is a shove into the locker for Sleepy Joe Biden. And be sure to smash the bejesus out of that Liberty Bell and sound the Alarm of Freedom every time a Tap Rack Bang episode drops. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Frasier, that is a sexy-looking water bottle you have on, yeah. on your table there. Where do you get a Tap Rack Bang water bottle? Well, you actually don't yet, but you can get a TapRack Bang sticker and make your very own dope-ass Tap Rack Bang water bottle. But that probably costs a lot of money, right? Wrong! Wrong. How much does how much this, this sticker cost, Tyler? Free 99. Free 99. Don't cost shit. So click the <laughs> link below. Get yourself a tap rack, bang sticker. Put it on your water bottle. Put it on your gun safe. Put it on your sister. Do whatever you want with it.
1: <laughs> just, just get down there and get it. All yeah. right. While you're down there, visit all the other links down in the description. You know, help us out. But do it. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. All right. Which brings us to t-shirt time for this week. It's
0: t-shirt time! Um, actually, for last week, let's let's go ahead and answer last week's question. We had a bit of a holiday on Monday. Um, last week, we asked you, when did the uh, tyrannical, draconian, evil assault weapons ban that started in 1994, we asked you, when did it expire? And the correct answer was September 13th, 2004. 17 years we've been liberated from the oppression of the assault weapons ban, and it feels good. Gun safes across the country are packed full of AR 15s and all other dope ass shit. Yep. And, you know, we hope never to go back to that evil time, um, the dark ages of gun rights in America. Yep. Thank and, you, um, Bill Clinton. Yeah, thank you, Clinton, and a bunch of other <laughs> bungholes. Um, but Brad Lidstrom was the first to comment September 13th, 2004. He commented below. He did it first. He gets a free National Association for Gun Rights t-shirt for free. You're welcome, Brad. Good job. You're a clever fella. Check out the big brain on Brad. (laughs) Check
1: out the big brain on Brad.
0: All right. This week's t-shirt time question. You can be a winner like Brad and get a free t-shirt if you are the first to name five handguns Correction, (laughs) if you are the first to name three handguns, we'll make it a little bit easier than that. Three handguns, only three, invented by John Moses Browning. If you think you know without cheating and Googling, comment below. Three handguns invented by John Moses Browning, first one to answer, wins dope-ass t-shirt. Do it. Yeah, so what do we what do we got on the show today, Tyler?
1: Yeah, so uh, we're going to have Dudley Brown, president of the National Association for Gun Rights on the show. Yeah, our boss. Yeah, our boss. boss. So, we got we got to tread lightly here. Yep, yep. So, we got to mind our <laughs> manners. We got to clean our room before the boss comes in here or we're yep. going to get in trouble. Exactly. Um, and uh, we're just going to interview him, you know, talk about what he what he does at the National Association for dude's Gun Rights. He's been a gun lobbyist for over 3 30, decades. Yeah, 30, 30 years. years plus
0: and counting kicking ass and taking names. And I think he's learned some cool lessons along the way. And he's also a gun guy, so he's our people. Exactly. And he's your people, so stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have the pleasure of being joined by the president of the National Association for Gun Rights, Dudley Brown. And uh, I've worked for Dudley for a lot of years. And let me tell you, if there's two things in life that give Dudley Brown pleasure, it's British Premier League soccer and domestic light loggers. However, a close second, a close third, and fourth are punishing anti-gun <laughs> politicians and um, shooting shooting sweet guns, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So somehow, to the I, show.
2: somehow I knew when I when I <laughs>
0: agreed to
2: come on to this show that I was going to be trolled immediately. Especially, you'd be I,
0: disappointed I, if we didn't. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, there's no like like can here. Yeah. This is sponsored by <laughs> Bad Beer. Sponsored by your grandpa's favorite beer.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're going to ask you a couple questions, you know, just let the viewers know uh, a little bit about yourself and what you do here. We're going to play a wonderful game called, Who is my daddy and what does he do? So, as employees of the National Association for Gun Rights, we often get asked what makes us different than other, uh, the mainstream gun lobby. We're crazy. Right. That's what makes us different. Right. Right. So um, obviously, as the president of the National Association for Gun Rights, there's no better person to ask than you. So what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm asked that a lot
2: when I meet with people, whether it's, you know, first time people uh, in politics or even in an elevator or somebody asks you what you do on an airplane, which happens a lot. And usually my response is, uh, well, I'm the president of the National Association for Gun Rights we do what you think the nra does you know you think that they're this tough hard-nosed group that's going to go out there and not compromise and fight for your rights but frankly you bought uh, the mainstream media's like narrative and which puts them in a corner and nowadays given all the corruption and and allegations against the nra Uh, When I'm talking to a gun owner, I say, we do what you want the NRA to do, and no, they don't do. Um, So, uh, yeah, holding politicians accountable um, and standing firm on the Second Amendment and, and frankly, uh, trying to advance our rights
0: um, and not worry about what the mainstream media says about us. That's probably the best way to put it. Awesome. Absolutely. And continuing on the difference between us and the other guys, um, I'd wager we're the only gun group that's actually led by a real shooter and a real gun guy. And I've seen you shoot a lot of times, and I know that you wouldn't need 10 shots to bring down an elephant. And uh, maybe just tell the people watching a little about your history as a shooter and as a gun owner. Well, I mean, I grew up in South Dakota, so
2: uh, rural area of Western South Dakota. And uh, grew up hunting pheasant on the way to school, know, uh, <laughs> literally out of back of my old Mustang. And uh, in fact, a lot of times my my car in the school parking lot would have a shotgun in the back and a frozen couple of frozen uh, roosters. <laughs> try in that there. in this day and age. Yeah, yeah, try yeah. that in this day and age. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, uh, got into actual shooting military style weapons and and not just handguns, the old 1911 all the way oh, yeah. into, and later into ARs. Funny part was I, I really started shooting and before I had really had much safety training. And so I, no real formal training. Unlike a Marine, yeah. you know, I had no real formal training until uh, the early nineties. And when, when I started taking a lot of classes and I've taken a lot of classes and I still take classes to this day, I had a, a Private class on a long range shooting just a couple months ago nice. from an uh, army sniper instructor. So, yeah, it's a um, I enjoy the aspect of shooting whether I'm good at it or not. And uh, I, I hate to say this, uh, maybe this is not a family joke. Um, <laughs> shooting's just like sex, you know, you don't have to be good at it to have fun.
1: this is the right show for that joke i know yeah only on this show right so so kind of building off of that you have shot competitively in many different styles and disciplines what's your favorite well
2: i love shooting ars uh semi-automatic or or even fully automatic uh, uh weapons and that's kind of my passion is is Black guns, because black guns matter, right? right absolutely. And so I do a, a lot of that, although, you know, IDPA pistol, I'm not very good at it, and but really enjoy it. And uh, of course, it's it's like, it's a very perishable skill, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I actually enjoy going out with my friends. I have some friends who are fantastic shooters, and I love going out with them not to try out new guns or something like that. But to watch them and follow behind them as they're training and working on repetitions, working on, um, you know, sight acquisition, quick sight acquisition, um, real good uh, trigger breaks. That's a, um, I like shooting with good shooters because, frankly, it just makes me a better shooter. And of yeah. course, it's all about practice. Right now, I am largely, over the last five years, I've largely been concentrating on precision rifles. And uh, long range, and I do that almost three times a a week. Nice, yeah. And uh, many weekends, um, I shoot local matches, and hoping to shoot a lot of national matches in the in the coming years. So cool. If my eyes will (laughs) let, yeah. Old eyes, guys. (laughs) I mean. Don't, don't ever underestimate how bad your eyes can go when you get older. Sure, right. And so you're, all, you're always going to be fighting that. And I'm in my mid-50s, and, and uh, so that's a challenge. So. Yeah, you bet. Right.
0: Well, pivoting to the politics side of stuff, you've been a gun lobbyist for decades now, and um, you've successfully helped bring down copious um, anti-gun politicians over the years. Maybe tell the folks watching if, if there's one in particular that you're especially proud of or a, a cool story that comes to mind. Yeah. And a lot of state legislative
2: uh, victories, uh-huh. um, not in not just in Colorado, where I started working the issue, but even outside of Colorado and, and many other states where we paid, played a role. One particular boss hog in South Carolina, <laughs> literally the guy looked like boss, hog, wore white suits <laughs> and was terrible on the gun issue, but, you know, chomped on cigars and and told you, why are you people don't need to need to have those guns.
1: Don't you know that a man who raises his voice gives clear evidence that he has lost complete control of himself?
2: And um, uh, But the big one was uh, then-majority leader Eric Cantor in Virginia, in Richmond, Virginia, who um, everybody said was untouchable, Mm -hmm. but he had played a lot of footsie with uh, the anti-gunners. And remember, this is like post-Newtown, Connecticut tragedy when... Gun control was almost certainly going to pass, especially if Republicans caved at all. And Eric Cantor was caving. He was uh, flying with Barack Obama in, in Air Force One.
0: I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking
2: plane. And talking a lot of like compromised language about Second Amendment issues. And uh, we got involved very deeply in, in uh, his race. And everyone yawned, said it'll never happen. And he got beat. Uh, by a nobody, and by a yep. professor, and but happened to be a pro-gun conservative who answered our survey. And and to me, that that guy was potentially a presidential candidate, almost certainly oh, yeah. the next Speaker yeah.
0: of the House. He was being groomed.
2: And he was being groomed, and and um, he took the political dirt nap, <laughs> and, um, or as uh, another YouTube channel uh, calls it, the Asphalt Temperature Challenge. <laughs> wow. And, um, you know, politically, his career was over. And by losing that, and um, that makes me smile every time I think of that, <laughs> or someone asks me about it. So you know um, that there's an accountability, especially when you live in a deep conservative district, oh. and as a member of Congress, and you, and you play those kind of games, um, you, you get stupid prices, right? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So. so you've had a very different job than when you started in uh, gun politics, you know, representing gun owners at the state capital that over. Thirty years ago, um, and you don't fly private jets. You don't go to Beverly Hills. I all want to, I of- you you want know. to, but um, he drives
0: here in a Sequoia, not a Lamborghini. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> so um, you get to meet some very interesting people. Um, could you could you expand on that and you know a couple name drops? Yeah, there? yeah,
2: name drops. Well, you know, I I I traveled DC a lot, and of course I uh, I don't go there DC because because I want to. We call it Mordor, right? Yep. <laughs> um, I, I don't really travel there because I want to, but I, I need to go there and meet with people, especially a lot of new members of Congress. And there's a growing group of, of pro-gun members of Congress. Um, and, and we do hang out with friends. I, I call them mm-hmm. friends because they actually are friends. Uh, most notably, Congressman Thomas Massey, yep. who's the Ho- chairman of the House Second Amendment Caucus, and work with him and his office a lot. And and of course, in the Senate, Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, Senator Mike Lee from Utah. Um, and and those are like good friends, people who we work with on a regular basis. But the odd part of my job is that the pressure as, as the leader of a nonprofit is to raise money. A lot of people don't get that. They don't understand how that works. Um, to actually put pressure on politicians, to truly run full, real operations to defend the Second Amendment. You need resources, and you can raise money from broad categories of the $20 and $50 donors. And to those, we're very appreciative, of course. But you also have to raise money from big-dollar donors, people who can afford to write $200,000, $300,000, $500,000 checks. And so I go to meet those kind of people a lot. And sometimes I go to meet donors who are pretty good sized donors and they're stars themselves. Uh, Hank Williams Jr. is a member. That's awesome. And, and, you know, I'm not really a country music fan per se. I know he's about ready to kick me. But, but. um, Why didn't he
0: get that tour meeting? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
2: And it's not a, and it wasn't even really a tour meeting. I went, he he invited me to go backstage and I got to meet him and I'm standing there looking at him going this is like country music god right yeah it was a bit weird and and then of course he uh he went up on stage i didn't really know this hank gets up on stage and starts playing piano and he said when i was a kid my mom said you don't know you really don't little hank doesn't know how to play piano he's six years old and doesn't know how to play piano and of course his family in nashville when they his house was like the gathering spot of every country music star of the yeah. era. And in his. So what they do, they grabbed somebody to teach him who yeah. taught him to play piano. Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> wow. taught Hank Williams Jr. how to play piano. And cool. that you know, I'm like looking at the guy like I just talked to you and, <laughs> and yeah. weird. Um, okay. Another one what was interesting was. um Maybe possibly one of the weirdest days of my life. I was at a very big donor's house, um, mansion, and mm. he has four Rio Monets on the walls of his mm. of his built house. Jeez, and um, and he uh, he said, "I got a friend coming over." And writing them a little bit later, I said, "Okay, great." He's my friend's here, and he said, "By the way, uh, you call him Your Highness, not Your Majesty." <laughs> Certainly, Your Eminency. This is the, the the King of Spain. The King of Spain stopped by <laughs> to say hello, and they were friends. And and I got got to chat with him. And he was a hunter. Um, you know, hunted big game and pheasants. And he even <laughs> said, you know I said, well, I grew up hunting pheasants. He said, Well, if you're in. Uh, if you're in Spain sometime, let's go as hunting together. Yeah, next time I'm in I'm in Spain, I'll just sure. call you up, just King, drop and in, yeah. drop yeah. in, and your majesty, we'll go out hunting. So that, <laughs> that was, you know, that's a weird job. It's a weird world, yeah. but um, you, you run into some interesting and unique people, and some of them are rabidly in favor of our rights. Yep. And, and uh, they just can't say it publicly often. Right. So a lot of movie stars are that
0: way. Yep. So. Yep. Oh, yeah. Maybe uh, down the road we get a uh, Spanish gun rights going, and Spanish we'll have gun rights, the King of Spain on board with us. Sugar,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, pivoting back to guns. All right. So your house is burning down. You got time to save one gun from your pile. What do you grab? Why? I have a
2: side by side Savage Fox shotgun that has been in my family since I don't know what year it was made. I still don't know. It was Uh my grandfather uh, gave it to me. He was blind. Um, He lost his sight in the in the late forties, and and uh, but but he had given it to me when I was a kid. It's what I really started hunting with.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, I would be hard pressed to uh, replace. You can't replace that. I can replace family
0: heirlooms or priceless. I can
2: replace a lot of a lot of guns, um, but uh, but that's the one you can't. And, and, you know, I have some go-to guns. Um, I think the the go-to gun that uh, that we've featured on some videos, which is a piston AR mm-hmm. all decked out and, and a few items that, that I train on a lot. That's a, probably my second. Sure. So,
1: yeah. Right on. Sweet. Definitely cool choices. All right. Final question. Going inside your waistband, what do you got?
2: <laughs> I, r- I really... <laughs> The concept that you two would go inside my waistband makes me time to whip
0: it out. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, okay,
2: you want to try? Uh, well, it's it's here yep. on 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 our desk here. It's it's kind of an interesting. I'm an old 1911 yep, guy, of yep. course I know you're going to make the jokes.
0: <laughs> fud, um, yeah, fud. This is about as far from a fud gun as you can get. Though, yeah. I'll say that. Well,
2: and I, and a number of years ago, I started. Uh, shooting the striker-fired guns. Of course, I've always had lots of friends with Glocks. And I've yeah. owned a couple Glocks, but never really carried them. And then um, made friends with the guys at Great Ghost Precision, uh, a company that basically makes a knockoff Glock. Ghetto yeah. Glock? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really Ghetto, because it's like no, really it's, well done. Yeah, yeah. And um, and then, of course, uh, I wanted. I've never really had a carry gun with a red dot on it. And mm-hmm. If you've shot ever shot red dots on pistols, um, takes a lot of neat. practice. Yeah, pr- it takes some practice. It's, it's definitely the
0: future. Yeah. It's
2: it's quick and mm-hmm. red dots are starting to be very reliable. Yep.
0: yep.
2: Um, and then and then when will you really need a handgun? It's probably dark. Absolutely. And so, in my view, you're going to carry a gun. You probably want to carry one with uh, with the light on it. Now, yep. when you ask me. What gun you carry, I mean, which gun do I, right. oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about? I mean, because yeah. two is one and one is none. Exactly. So I almost always carry a, uh, an ankle holster with, uh, with a revolver in it, a 327 mag, um, tabbed hammer revolver. And I like that as a backup gun. It's, uh-huh. it's at least relatively light still with some punch. Um, sadly, I have lots of friends who make fun of me that I actually am carrying nine millimeter as my main (laughs) gun. And, and mostly because I made fun of nine millimeter for so very long because I'm a forty five guy. Yeah. But, uh, this... This pistol is uh, Gray Ghost makes is basically a Glock 19 copy, mm-hmm. um, and I also carry a Glock 19 at times too. So, yep. uh, but what's a what's a handgun for to fight your way back to your assault rifle? Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to get in a handgun fight. I want to get in a rifle fight. If I if that's what I'm going to be fighting with, somebody really wants to fight. I want to be with a, a battle rifle or a shotgun in my hands.
1: You bet.
0: Yep. Yes. Yeah. Well, outstanding. That's all we got for you today, Dudley. We appreciate you coming on the show and talking to our viewers. Um, yeah, hope to have you back on soon. You trolled
2: me once. That's just it. Just once. That's, That's just it. Once. We
0: won't call you Fudley Brown today, I promise. <laughs> we're leaving it there and we're, we're cutting tape right now. All right, folks, that does it for this week's show. Special thanks to our boss, Dudley Brown, for joining us today. We had a nice little chat. We trolled him a little bit, so I hope my paycheck continues to come in. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah, a little nervous about that one, but we had a good time. Yeah, I I think he was (laughs) – overall, he wasn't too He's a good sport. Yeah. Yeah. So that concludes our episode. Don't forget to hit all the links down in the description. Again, Mm -hmm. you can get your free sticker. It costs you nothing. Nothing and uh, visit all the other links become a frontline defender for the second amendment you can also help out with our uh, foundation that helps with legal battles suing the pants off of gun grabbers exactly and uh, don't forget to smash that liberty bell hit like share subscribe comment yeah everything remember every subscribe is shoves joe biden into his locker exactly thank you
0: see ya (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right, all right. Okay. Thank you. I'll
0: sneak